Okay, good evening and happy podcasting. I'm so excited to be here. I say that on every podcast, but I truly do mean it. Uh, I'm kicking off or continuing. It's not kicking off. Sorry about that. But continuing my summer podcast series of having some guests come back, which is just super exciting. Uh, The big part of this is really more about... um, other people's experiences, stories, and platforms, I feel like I've been talking about myself for quite a few years, and I'm over it. <laughs> so I'm super excited to be bringing back this series. Uh, this is Rachel Vo. This is a good girl's guide, too. You probably know that if you're here, but just as a friendly reminder, I'm so happy that you are. And um, you can find me right here on Anchor, generally weekly. There's a new podcast that's being released. If you're totally into the free content, you're in the right spot. If you need more of the free stuff, make sure that you get on over to TikTok, Instagram, as well as Facebook at a good girl's guide, too, and a special VIP uh, page you're gonna be 18 years or older and a feminine energy to be a part of it but sexual wellness and intimacy building it's a great place for that free content as well and a place to potentially find some products or aids to increase that experience or change it up or what the f ever and we got empowerment classes still rolling at the end of each month so let me know if you're interested and that's a really great opportunity to introduce yourself to personal development kickstart personal development or get a really kind of clear understanding about what it is and understanding it so you know why it's going to vibe with your life and last but certainly not least if you're interested in one-to-one sessions those are definitely the hot ticket right now i am enjoying those so much for people who are ready to really expedite their change uh it's great because we can focus on you so make sure you get in touch with me whatever method of contact is uh, best for you uh easiest way for me is facebook messenger or good girls guide to at gmail so now that i've plugged myself which I'm so proud of myself, dear friend, because it used to be like three and a half minutes and I'm almost under two. So anyway, I would like to take the spotlight off myself for a little while and introduce my very good friend, Namaya Wilson. Uh, if you have not listened to our first podcast, I highly recommend it. It was episode number 53 back on January 20th. Uh, he is my first male podcast guest and uh, the second to return. So I am incredibly excited about that. And um, first and foremost, please just introduce them. Tell them who you are, where you're at, a little bit about uh, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, glad to be here. I am, like she said, Namaya Wilson, um, Middle Tennessee area, nowhere that you've heard of unless you've been there. But closest thing is to uh, closest thing to me is Nashville, uh, Music City, country music capital of the world, all that good stuff. Uh, I host my own podcast known as drinks with dub and i'm getting a message on my computer that i don't like but we'll ignore that for a second um i was a podcast uh, called drinks with dub uh you can look that up on um spotify itunes wherever you find your podcast follow me on facebook instagram and all that good stuff i just kind of like to have a good time haven't been doing much lately i've been trying to piece together some new equipment get a new setup together and I just creatively speaking have been bored mm-hmm. so I decided to hit Rachel up and was like hey I want to do something and here we are yeah and it I mean I don't I say this all the time ironically which is never a thing um, I was right when I was doing a uh, podcast summer series guest so I was like universe so it, it did work out really well and I I hope that you're able to clear out some blockage and I can get you some of my woohoo and see if we can jump start some stuff because I think it, you need to get back out there for sure so um, as we were getting ready to get started, it was funny. It's not, I mean, it's always the same for Rachel. I don't have a structure to the podcast. So I was just telling Namaya that I hope it was okay because I just had some questions and some thoughts that I really wanted to run by him. He's always been such a positive influence for me. Um, as I mean, a constant source of somebody I could look to even from a distance on social media. Um, but we've been friends since we were 16-ish. I was 16 at the time when we traveled internationally. So our very first experience was quite a whirlwind um, and probably one of the best ways I think we could have 
got to know each other, you know, um, outside of both of our normal settings. And I mean, I knew you're cool anyway, but whatever. Anyhow, my point is, is that it's nice to, um, be in a place where I, I don't feel like I can ask a bad question. Um, I feel like you're going to always be comforting and knowledge knowledgeable for me to be like, might be a better way to say that or this is my perspective and I'm never going to feel dumb or like can't can't come back and ask again which is very like I said comforting because it's here let me let me show my white fragility because it's a scary world out there for me <laughs> it is it's very hard I understand I understand your life you know a white woman in the midwest in middle America is a horror movie yeah. waiting to happen yeah yes exactly but but no the thing is here's the thing though like if it comes from a place of honesty and true curiosity, there is no bad question because like that should be our goal is to, to learn about various things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't do it anymore. Uh, but at some point when I was doing the podcast, one of the things I used to sign off with was the day you stop learning is the day you stop living mm. because there's all, there's so much out there that to be experienced, to be, you know, whatever, that the world is a huge place and we occupy just a very, very tiny portion of it in our in our lives. So there's plenty out there that you can learn more about and be more knowledgeable about and just soak it all in. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's it's hard. I think that's one of the hardest things for me from where my perspective is, is that I have always been a curious being too. And so it's been difficult for me to see people so resistant to learning because it's it's different than resistance to change, but they equate them like identically. And it's like, just because you learn something doesn't mean you have to change. But if you learn something that makes you want to change, you should. <laughs> but I don't know what's scary. I mean, I, I don't know what's scary about the intellectual portion of it. Is it, is it insecurity because you didn't already know it or are you coming from a place of pride that you can't let it go? Or is it a combination of all those things? I don't know. I think a lot of it is, I think it's not, it's just the, in general of not wanting to change. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's not a matter of not knowing. I think somewhere deep down people do know things, but they just don't want to admit it. It's like, it's almost like being in a relationship and you know deep down that this person's cheating on you, mm -hmm. but you refuse to actually go get the evidence and the proof that would then force you to have to confront the situation and move on and be, you know, yeah. a single parent or do the hard stuff. Whatever. Yeah. Do the hard stuff. It's like yeah. the the ostrich syndrome, you know, mm -hmm. your head's in the sand. If you if I don't see it, it's not happening. Yeah. If I don't yeah. acknowledge it, it's not real. Yeah, you, I mean, you just immediately, uh, I, I was like, yep, duh, Rachel. That's. I mean, I've heard it before and that's exactly what it is. I mean, that's that's what I feel like. So I feel like here's where I was having this really great conversation with somebody right before I was filming another podcast and we we're talking about kink and we we're talking about how like to be gay and lesbian is actually not a big deal as, as big of a deal. Like at least when I was a kid, like you would have never thought it was like this, like meh, not a big, big deal. But now there's contention between gays and lesbians and transgendered people that they're actually fighting. And so the conversation she and I were having was that it's this inclusivity that happened where i mean we're not too far from a history where it was just rich white men who had land that had power and even women were a very large oppressed minority and we as her and i several generations away from that that's where our privilege comes from and we don't recognize that enough 
to then see that that's what's happening to people of color and that's what's ha- happened to the gays and the lesbians and now the gays and lesbians have gone through a couple generations where they didn't have to necessarily live through that something that was that horrific and tragic in their lifestyle that they're now forgetting that that's what transgender people are going through. it's like this cycle that's like eventually like more I, I still think that white heterosexual men are hanging out over here by themselves but like our group is becoming more inclusive in that regard but it's that hard thing of you can't let go of the power if you let go of the power especially if you just acquired it then that's the that's the wrong mentality i'm having to over convince too many people that no 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 we're trying to do this from a place of love and nurturing and understanding and togetherness is actually better power and so on and so forth so it's a long ass journey yeah it, it is um Here's the thing. I think what happens is at some point it becomes a competition and that's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Like most things don't need to be a competition. Like if you're playing a game sports or something like that, yeah, that's a competition, but who suffered the worst or who suffered most recently or it's like, no, that's not, you know, if I, you know, if I throw a rock and hit you in the face, and then be like, well, I got hit with an even bigger rock one time. That doesn't change the fact that you got hurt by getting hit in the face with a rock. Right. Like your pain is still valid. Yes. It doesn't, it's not negated by the fact that someone else once felt, um, you know, much more deeper pain. Yeah. You still hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's, it's messy, but it's like, I think right now part of, the, I don't know if it's the problem. A problem is is that we obviously we are also entrenched in our current present, dragging behind our past that we're confused and scared about a future. And so that entanglement is what kind of an entanglement. Yeah, an entanglement, entanglement that it doesn't allow for us to step aside and remember that we're babies as humans. That there's a reason why you know in the United States the the reading level is like ninth or ninth grade or something like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. People can still be intellectual and people can still bring ideas to the table. It's just this idea that we. I don't know if it's bad or good that we're forgetting that we're not too far from caveman. And understanding that that means that the potential of where we have to go with this empathy and caring and how far we've come in that regard. Like, I think that sometimes that's my problem with the disconnect is I, I struggle with whether is that is that my privilege speaking or is that my, like, young child who was a hippie that's speaking or is it really is it really growth and spirituality of I'm still going to I'm going to be an ally. But I also would just really love like what you had said is like, I want people to stop focusing on that. Let's focus on the the, the positive. Like, I don't know, like, am, am I saying that right? Like, I still feel like it's icky for me to say that. Is that wrong? No, it's not wrong. Um, the, thing, the thing about it is, is that growth is uncomfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think people, people want to grow, but they don't want to do the uncomfortable part. Right. It's like, you know, it's like me right now, I want to lose weight. I'm not happy with the way I look, I'm, you know, I'm heavier than I want to be, but I, I'm not to the point where I'm willing to like go to the gym and exercise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I just want to wake up tomorrow and be 30 pounds lighter. Right. You know, it's the same thing with the world. Like you want to, you want the world to be a better place. Well, that's going to take some work mm-hmm. and some uncomfortable things are going to have to be said and heard and done for that to happen. And people don't want to deal with the uncomfortable part because they don't want to it's take. It's fearful. I think it's fearful. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and I think with, you know, when you're talking about any form of, you know, prejudice in that situation, people don't want to become guilty by association. Mm -hmm. So I see this a lot where people, when you, you know, when racism, you know, especially with the racism, when racism gets brought up, people get defensive as if you're saying that they are the problems. Like, no, not you. I'm not, you know, and when you get defensive, it's like, how are you defending? Like you, you've backed yourself into a corner now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, kind of like with, you know, we've seen it over the past year with, you know, Black Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm never going to say that all police officers are bad. Right. Like, that's, that's, a, that's false. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there are, you know, there's much, many, many more good police officers than bad. But if there is a bad police officer, something needs to be said and done about it. Mm -hmm. But what happens is, is people want to step up and defend the good police officers, which they should, but they slip into that slope where it's like, wait a second, are you defending the bad police officers now too? Right. Because you're saying that all cops are good. And it's like, no, they're not all good. It might be 98%, but there's still this 2% that we got to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, so I don't know. Okay. So like I had mentioned before, like I really, I really wanted to talk about TikTok because like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but like it is, I, I feel like an ass for saying, I feel like it's changed my life. I feel like, you know, Facebook was a place that it started within your community and it pretty much stayed within your community. And, it, and unless you were intentionally using it for business to network, you probably weren't getting out of that community. And then Instagram was never a really big thing for me anyways, but I think that that was, that went from picture creation to almost immediately business only. And then TikTok comes along and, you know, it's obviously birthed from all these other apps and whatever, but without this opportunity, the, the amount of things that I've learned that I would have never had exposure to, the fallacies of things I didn't even know were fallacies about my education and all this, this would have never been an opportunity for me and quite literally helped change some of my belief systems that I didn't even know I was struggling in if I wouldn't have had access to these women of color, especially. Uh, are you on TikTok? Do you find, do you like it at all? I haven't really got, I, I have a TikTok, I have the app, but I don't really dive into it very much. I see things from time to time, like most, you know, stuff that's trending or yeah. whatever, I'll kind of catch it here and there or most of the, most of the TikTok stuff I see, I actually see on Facebook yeah. <laughs> where people have shared it. So it's kind of like, I've not done a deep dive into it. Well, you have, you withheld longer than I, cause I definitely for, <laughs> I think a solid year was like, I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that. I'm, I'll just look, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like, I'm sure as you know, like with other social media platforms, like one of the things I stayed kind of true to, which I just don't know if this was me being asinine or whatever, but like you build an algorithm based on videos that you like and comment and people that you follow, of course. But then there's this other side to the table, like literally there's your curated page and then there's this random algorithm that can show you based on your assumed likes. And I'm always hanging out on that side instead of liking anything. I was just being an observer and then I would like only like videos and no commenting because I just wanted to kind of see how the algorithm would boost this 
whatever they thought the content that I was supposed to see was. And I just got a really good chuckle out of it because it was just like maybe a couple of weeks ago. And it, it was it was this queer man of color. And he was like, if you're seeing this on your For You page, you are probably a person of color who is queer. Who's a, I was like, no, no, I'm not. I'm none of those things. But again, like I like I, did, I don't know how it makes me feel, but I mean, like it, if I had to say it, it made me feel good. Because it was like, I feel like maybe I'm liking the things that are, I'm, I'm trying to really authentically through any avenue that I can learn to be a better person. And that's what I'm liking and commenting and sharing about is people's experiences and, and positive change stories or potential to be, um, you know, that I'm out there over there doing, which is, which is great. I mean, I don't see a lot of white men and definitely no Republicans and like, <laughs> and this is not me searching these things they are showing up in my algorithm. So I don't know. It's just. I think you should get on it. I think you would really like it. I just, I, I just, I think it's doing amazing things for younger youth and people who really want to get motivated for action and change because I think that's part of what the millennial generation is suffering from is that we have this residual effect from Gen Xers where it was like they kind of just took it because they didn't know any better. And it's not to say that they are victims or weak or whatever. It was just kind of, it was the way it was. And when millennials come in and we are kind of all fucked up and we're like, but we don't really want a life like that. We just didn't know what the tools or the words were to get it. And so that's why we suffer so much from mental illness, in my opinion. And I think that other people do too, but we're like crazy or neurotic about it. And that's why Gen Zers are pretty much adamant about the fact that life will not be that way because it's just not going to. And that's kind of this trend that's happening. But I feel like as a millennial, I'm, I am sometimes stuck or paralyzed by fear because I know one is like you had said, it's comfort of all of these privileges and ex accessibilities that I've had. Is also a sheer ignorance to the amount of depth that there was that I knew of versus what I've been exposed to. But I want to tread lightly because it's definitely not like a fear of, well, I mean, I think, I think probably on a larger level, it's fear of everybody feeling rejected by their own people, like to speak out about it. But I think it's, for me, it's more of, I fear, I fear of being in, seen as like uh, just like fake or fraud like I don't I, I always feel like I'm out of my place when I I'm like I just like I'm like a quiet like hi I'm over here I'd love to support you but I, right. I don't even feel like, when you say like in like on TikTok they're like literally this is not for white people so don't comment don't engage whatever whatever and I'm like okay I'm watching the message because it's really powerful and I am learning something but I'm not you don't want me to you don't want me to share it like you I, I really won't but you know it's that like I'm not trying to make it about me but how do I support you is I think what I'm struggling does that make sense yeah it totally does um, we may have talked about this on the last one but I remember it's been a couple of years ago now me and Brittany sat down and there was a documentary on Netflix I believe it was it was a documentary we watched a few actually yeah. there was one on the on the KKK and one on, I believe it took place. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was a documentary on the Ku, Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, and there was a Black Lives Matter movement going on. I think in Charleston, South Carolina, after that whole situation had happened. Yeah, and there was this white woman had showed up to this, you know, this march that was going on with her two or three. She had. There was more than one. She had biracial children with yeah. her. And there were these black women told her that she wasn't welcome there. And it's like, what, the, you know, I'm sitting here watching this, like, why? Like, why would you say that to this woman who's obviously raising, you know, these mixed children who 
a lot of times mixed children are going to be seen as just black. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like she's, you know, she may, you know, you don't know her story, where she may have come from or whatever, how she got to this point. But now she is at a point where she wants to, you know, take action and be a part of the solution. If not for herself, for her children. And you're telling her she's not welcome. Like that's a problem. You know, that's, that's more of the, you know, it's more of the same. Yeah. You can't fight, you can't fight hate with more hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think, I think a lot of times what happens is we as black people, we as black people get uncomfortable with the fact that white people can't help. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, because like, we have a history of being distrusting maybe. <laughs> Well, there's that. And then I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it is sort of this social pride type thing. Like, I'm sure we're, you know, like we're trying to escape the oppression of white people. We don't need white people to help us with that. Like this is, it's like, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a complex dynamic. You know what I mean? So, so what happens is I think it's, like I, said, I think it boils down to just pride that you want to do it all on your own to get, a, you know, to get away from whatever it is you're trying to get away from. And it's like, yeah, but everything back there is not bad. There's good everywhere. Yeah. And you got to take the good that you can and use it to get away from the bad. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, that was that was a. Uh... <laughs> It's a good insight. Thank you. So I'm going to switch it over to something. It's not crazy by any means, but just some, just a couple things that I, like I said, learn. I don't know if, I don't know if I can say I learned because I don't know if it's fact, but these are some interesting things that I have kind of come across. So one, I was um, reminded of like the fact that I like 32, I'm 35 now. So like at 32, I had been reading some like spiritual development or growth book. I don't know. It wasn't like a woohoo book. It was it was, but it wasn't about humans specifically. It was just about like spirit. And the reason I say that is because there was a mention about um, humans and color of skin. And quite literally, I felt like a dumbass, but it was like, you know, the only reason that people of color have darker skin is because they came closer from the equator. So they needed to have that for protection. Um, and that's why I'm white as a ghost because I don't have a ton of, or if any, color in my background. And it was just like this, duh. Like, I know that's not what, what we're fighting about is that there were different colored skin, but obviously that's the most obvious thing that people pull from or judgment-wise just by visual looks that I'm like, I can't even believe that. Like, that is not even something as somebody who graduated college was ever taught in all of those years of school. Like, something that simplistic. Right. That's so, so yeah. stupid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, but that's, like you said, there's, you know, Humans are very, you know, for the most part, visual creatures. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we do. We look to things and we look at things. You know what I mean? I mean, you break down America, you know what I mean? And the way we describe people, mm. you know what I mean? Like, you look at me and I'm an African-American. Like, I've never been to Africa. I don't know anybody in Africa. You know, I've not done a genealogy tree or anything like that, but my family could very well have originated in France or England or any other place. But we just, we make this assumption based on the color of my skin that, oh, 
he's African-American. I mean, if you trace it back far enough, you know, most scientists and is it anthropologists, the, yeah, anthropologists, most, you know, most of them say that civilization and mankind itself began in Africa. So yeah. in that, in that, you know, scenario, we're all African-American. Right. So it's right. like, what are we, what are we talking about? What are we arguing about? It's culture and people separated and went this way. And since I went over here, that means my way is better than your way. So you should do things my way. And if you don't, then I'll throw this spear at you or, you know, whatever they had, you know, yeah. in the, in the year three AD yeah, to fight yeah. with, that's <laughs> what they did. And it just graduated from spears to, you know, tanks and guns and nuclear weapons and, that's what we do yeah yes yeah i and that was like the other point i was going to bring up too was that that was something i was just telling my husband the other day i don't remember i think it was probably uh around the fourth of july which i am i because of tiktok i'm i'm very much struggling with like i shouldn't say struggling because i really actually have zero qualms about saying i'm done celebrating this as a holiday like it's never been for me as an independent holiday anyways i think it was always about the experience of my family getting together and blowing shit up it had nothing to do with whatever it had nothing to do with celebrating america it really didn't and so part of it is that i don't i don't care but this giant conversation about just being colonizers like it's not something i really want to i don't really want to highlight anymore um, but my point is, is that I very much am okay with saying that I understand that our history has been whitewashed and I don't know that every, obviously not everybody is. And I am okay with the fact that I feel like my school system really let me down because I feel like a jackass because it was not conscious until recent, like this week that I'm saying that I definitely am understanding my biases within my own color in that. In this, in this country, that we were primed to think that we were literally the best country in the world, and we are a shitty country. <laughs> yeah. We are yeah. a terrible country. Like, overall, like, collectively, there's so many ways you could grade this system, but I think overall, comparison to all other countries, we are not really that fantastic. We're not even top ten. Yeah, no, not really. Not at all. Um, one of my favorite things... Uh, talking about America as a country, comes from the second Mighty Ducks movie. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, in the second Mighty Ducks movie, they played in, I guess, what would a fictional version of the Youth Olympics. Oh, sure. And so they're, you know, at the time they're high school students, so they had like a tutor that they had to, you know, take classes and stuff. And so she was teaching them about the real Olympics, like, you know, that started back in Greece and all of this. And one of the one of the kids asked, was like, did America always dominate? And she was explaining to him, was like, no, America wasn't around back then. And she's like, America is still very young as a country. America is kind of like a teenager, yeah. like you guys. Yeah. And it's like, oh. And, it, you know, that movie came out when I was like eight or nine or something like that. But, like, watching it back later, it's kind of like, that makes a lot of sense. And most of the time with teenagers, they get super cocky. They think they know everything, and eventually they get knocked on their ass. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, when is that going to happen with America? Yeah. Well, do you feel like, though, like, 
like it's like when we traveled to Australia and New Zealand, I mean, at least my experience, it wasn't that, you know, like the kids praised us and like, oh my God, Americans, but they did, I mean, to me through conversation, they did kind of see America as this place, you know, like this magical place. Do you feel, did you feel that? Yeah, I felt it. Yeah. I, I kind of felt that on, you know, all the trips I took, because I took multiple of those right. people to people trips right. and there's, there's America, the actual country that we live in, and then there's the image of America right. that's been built up. And um, I talk about, you know, that's sort of my opinion on, you know, this isn't a sports podcast, obviously, but the big debate of Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Michael Jordan, yes, he was a great basketball player, but Michael Jordan came around at the right time to be Michael Jordan, and we created this image yes. of Michael Jordan that no one can ever live up to. I mean, you know, look at all the commercials and the shoes and the song. And Space just... Jam! Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, nobody can live up to the image that yeah. we created yeah. of Michael Jordan. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Michael Jordan was just a man. He's just a basketball player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, just, so it's sort of the same thing with America, you know you know, these big Hollywood movies and blockbusters that do great in foreign countries. They make more money in China than they do here mm -hmm. because it's this land of opportunity where you can go and be a movie star and you can, you know, get off the bus and be discovered because you're pretty and oh, yeah. you can become the next Kardashian and just take pictures and live a great life. It's yeah. this image yeah. of America that's been created that people see and it's not until you get here that you realize Man, it's shit kind of dirty over here. You know what I mean? Like they didn't, they didn't show this. They didn't show this part of LA. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yes. Like when I was watching, like you know, I watched Boys in the Hood. That shit looked pretty cool. Like mm. they didn't show the you know crackheads running up and down the street, and you know they did wasn't gunshots going off every every few minutes. Is they was hanging out on the porch and having fun. It right. looked like a great place to be. You know right, yeah. now. Yeah, and uh, and obviously, cause I, this will be like, I mean, I think it is, I, 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 like I said, I was pretty sure I was either 16 or 17, so roughly 20 years ago was when we traveled, I can't even believe I just said that out loud, but that was 20 years ago, so obviously things have even changed since then, and like I, like I said, like I, I really, I was just telling Tony that one of my favorite TikTokers is, his account is America is the bad place, and he's from New Zealand, and that's what I think, it's, it's been good both ways, because we we got suckered into believing that we were so good that that was why we got too big to fail. And then, you know, like the pandemic started this like corporation issue and like people working and all that bullshit and all of that stuff. It was that. And then this, this hailstorm of the outside world telling us like, you guys don't have paid maternity leave. You don't have paid college. You don't have universal healthcare. Like, what do you mean? Like his, his thing, my favorite TikTok was that he said that he feels like America is the largest case study of Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> And I was like, that nails it. It nails it. But I still feel like, I mean, it. I can ask you because I, I mean, but I don't know if you can relate to this. It's like, I feel like some of the stuff that I'm learning or the stuff that I'm working on is that I'm still in a bubble. Like I'll go out into the quote unquote real world and nobody's talking about these things that I want to talk about. Nobody's even experienced. Like, I don't know if that's, is it, I mean, you're obviously a different place. Like, is it different for you? <laughs> What do you mean as far as like? Like I just feel like, and maybe this is again part of the TikTok, is like my exposure to these 
like thoughts and ideas and actions and um, experiences and other people's lives and all this stuff. It's like, like when I go out into public, I just don't feel like anything's changing. I don't feel like even like if these people are, if, are, are they here? If they were hearing and learning the same things I would, they would be looking me in the eyes and be like, you, you know, Zoo, you know, Zoo? like, should we be, better, should we be better people? Should I be smiling at you right now? You know, like that kind of thing. And it just doesn't, I don't know. Like it just doesn't feel, I feel like I'm in a well, protected bubble, I guess. Yeah. And we all kind of are because when we go out, like when we leave whatever our comfort zone is, whether that be our house, our neighborhood, or whatever, when we go out, in a lot of in a lot of ways, we have we have a a role to play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we are we are a businessman, or you know, a factory worker, or a parent, or whatever it is that you know we quote unquote think defines us. We we go out into the world to do that right you know what i mean and so and so we sort of leave you know it's almost like going to work mm-hmm. you know what i mean like to be leaving the house is almost like work because it's you're less comfortable you're yeah you know, you're not you're not around those people that you you know you do feel comfortable around you know what i mean yeah you've been around me enough to know that My sense of humor is can be an acquired taste. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I take jabs at people, I pick on people, I laugh at things that I probably shouldn't laugh at, but I do. Mm. You know what I mean? And I'm generally aware that that can come off wrong to people at times. So often I'm more reserved when I'm not around people that know me. Mm. So the the cashier at the gas station may have a different opinion of me based on our interactions than an actual, than, you know, a friend does or someone that works with me and has been around me long enough for me to sort of let my guard down and sort of show these things. Whereas just walking down the street, it's like, we're not going to really get into any of that stuff. We're just going to keep it casual. Oh, how you doing? You know, yeah, yeah. keep it moving, you know, and you, you don't start to scratch the surface of what people are really thinking and what's going on in their lives. Yeah. Well, so you, you just pulled at something for me perfectly because like I, I was just disclosing to somebody not too long ago that like I realized that I had it's some instances during like a podcast recording or a one-to-one coaching, I was being more vulnerable in that setting than I could be sometimes with my husband. And it was an aha moment for me because what I realized was that like, so I understood that like that I, I wear different hats for different roles. Like I know that, like you said, you know that, but I don't think that I was really recognizing those identities within when I was in those roles. And like, it was just, it was just a fraction of Rachel. So it didn't really matter. It was just a fraction of Rachel being a mom, Rachel, fraction of Rachel being a party consultant or whatever. But and when I'm in those roles, it's there. But then like sitting next to my husband when I really want to share something deep with him, but recognizing I'm too fearful to do it because I don't know how he'll react and that's not his thing, it's my thing. 
Like I realize I'm masking and I realize I'm not being my true authentic self with him because I'm fearful of losing him, but that's only holding me back. And so like, just as a small example, like I, what you're talking about, I realize that I'm not doing that as much in every role of my life. Like when I go out in public, I talk to the cashier as if I already knew her. I don't talk to her as a cashier checking my stuff and I'm going to be like my customer service voice back to her. I'm just going to talk to her normally. And that allows for me like to be non-masking with my husband just like I said like a quick example I I'm goofy as hell like I have I have a goofy sense of humor and because I realized he was seeing that on my Facebook stories but I was never okay to do that in real life because I thought if he thought I was goofy he'd think I was immature and leave me and so to be able to like rip something stupid you know and like playful or whatever I was like (laughs) I don't know what it was it was something really silly and he laughed harder than he's laughed at me in like ever and genuinely, like, at the thing, not at me, but at the thing. And I just, like, immediately was like, oh, my God, that's me. That's me he's reacting to, and I'm safe, and it's okay. And so when you can do that and you can feel confident and do it in a safe space with somebody that you know and trust that's going to help grow you, then you can be that authentic person when you're in real life. And then you're not making those prejudices. Is that potentially something that I'm on to? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you 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 have to be yourself. If you can be yourself, then people will see see the kind of person that you are. And it may not, you know, it may be an in-depth thing like you do, you know, with your coaching sessions that, you know, you're having this one-on-one conversation. It may be an interaction with you know the cashier mm-hmm. where you know you you know have a however brief conversation with them that you know kind of lets them know that this is you know this is a good person that comes in here you know every second thursday to get you know her refill of whatever it is you need you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. and you start to sort of develop these connections you know it's kind of like that you know whole six degrees of separation thing where like you meet somebody and they've met this person and you know like the entire world is connected by people that we've met you know what i mean if you can leave good impressions in enough places you know what i mean those start to spread out you know and you never know when that can come in handy you know what i mean yeah yeah, so this is, so a couple of weeks ago, Tony and I went to, like, one of those, like, you know, adult-only at the zoo night things, and I, I have to check myself sometimes, because, I mean, I am a giant hippie, so I, I really, like, most of the time in public, I'm walking around with a smile on my face. People probably think I'm stoned all the time or something, but I find myself, like, this is going to sound terrible, but let me say the whole thing. Like, I find myself, like, watching, especially women of color, because I've been watching them on my TikTok, learning about how to style my curly hair because they know it best, you know? Well, it's not curly, it's wavy. I don't got curly hair, but but I'll be, like, watching them in public. Like, there was a group of women who, it was, like, six of them, and when we came in, they were filming themselves, and they're like, girls die, you know? And I was like, yay, girls die. <laughs> and then, like, like, they walk by when we're getting our food, and I'm just smiling at them. I'm like, they're either going to think that I'm a psychopath or they're going to love me eventually. I'm not sure which it will be, but you have to remember that they don't know that you're watching TikToks to be a better person. They just think you're crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And me and me and Britt had this conversation a few years ago at the bar. Um, 
about how you know, how important a smile is. Um, because obviously she's white, I'm black, mm-hmm. and a lot of black women don't necessarily appreciate that. Smiling? And say what? Do black black women don't appreciate smiling? Is that what you said? No, no. Uh, interracial oh, dating being a black man. Like, this is news to me. Okay, all right. Makes way more sense. Yes, interracial couples. Okay, yes. But to go along with what you were saying about black women not appreciating smiling, we were sitting. We were sitting at a bar, and there was a table of three or four black black girls sitting there, and they just all had these sourpuss looks on their face. And she noticed it, and you know, said something to me about it, and asked, you know, if. She, you know, if I thought that was because of us and they had seen us, and I was like, no, that's generally speaking, that's just how black women's faces look most of the time. They don't look happy, you know. And I was like, pointed to another black girl that was on the dance floor dancing, dancing to the music, same kind of sourpuss expression. And I'm like, see, she's obviously enjoying herself. She's having fun. She's dancing, but she doesn't look happy. Mm-hmm. And I scanned the bar for a little bit. And I was like, now look at this table of white girls over here. All have smiles on their faces. You can see that they're having a good time. Which of those tables are you more likely to approach in the bar mm-hmm. for any reason? The one that's smiling and seems to be inviting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does make sense. Um, I don't. I I might have said this on the first podcast. I don't remember, but one of um, a friend of mine who was a very very close friend of mine in college, uh, a young person of color as well. He had shared with me one time that he he didn't date women of color because he found that it was really hard to connect with them. Like as an example, he said that he would like open doors for them and they'd be like, "I can do it myself," and. I chuckled at the time because I'm like, oh, that is kind of rough. But, you know, like everything that I've learned since college, of course, is like, why wouldn't women of color have a chip on their shoulder? <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they are definitely the, the ones with most left behind out of all of us, for crying out loud. Right. And not only that, not only are they, quote, unquote, the most left behind, Black women in general have also done more to catch up in a shorter period of oh, time. Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. That gave me goosebumps. You know, you know what I mean? From the, you know, from like you were talking earlier about the, you know, the 13 colonies, basically. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was rich white men that right. were somebody. Right. And then it became just white men. And then eventually it became white people. And then they added black men into that a little bit. Right. And finally, you know what I mean? Black women got their just due. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, they hit the ground running yeah. saying that because they had been taking care of everybody since the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been taking care of these households and the children and managing all these things and not getting any credit recognition or appreciation for it. And when they were finally allowed to do it on their own, off to the races and so there is sort of this there is that i don't need anybody else you know by you know a lot of times because they haven't needed anybody else they've been doing it since the beginning of time they're just now getting to reap the benefits of it yeah and barely barely they still have the threads of it (laughs) yeah i would i would agree with that i would agree with that um 
It's it's too it's too. It needs to be happening faster. Is all I'm trying to get at. That that's all I'm saying. Um, so one of the trends that I had seen on TikTok as well is two things I wanted to address. So number one, it was kind of like a funny trend, but it was that people were talking about how they feel like white women and men of color are kind of at the same level. Do you would you agree or disagree with that? I don't know. I've never heard that to give it any thought. Well, so what I will tell you was really funny about it was because like it was some girls like I might get a lot of shit for this. It was an, a woman, I believe an Asian woman, if I remember correctly. But I think that like they're like equal or whatever. And so uh, a black man stitched it and he was in his car and he was playing Vanessa Carlton and he was singing that making my way downtown. He's like, you're right. We're like exactly the same. <laughs> no, not the message we're going for. But but like I can see some similarities in that. But I also still think that that's. A little asinine to assume that white women are not ahead, I think. I don't know. That's hard. Like, let's say, for example, if you took a workplace, I would say, in my opinion, or at least from my jaded view, that if it, like, if we we're looking at a cliche example, if a promotion was up for grabs, I do believe a man of color would probably be considered over a white woman first. But this is not true in every instance. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Probably not true in every instance, but it just depends on, it depends on where you're at and, again, who you're dealing with. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, I think the reference is more in, like, and again, it's hard to say because you can't say, like, comparisons, but in levels or exposures of oppression or maybe length of oppression, I don't know, because we definitely, again, we're ahead in the game of that, so I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting theory. Know. Yeah, it's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Now, the next thing I was going to say was that um, to, to come from that, that especially women of color, I've heard and pretty, pretty, pretty frequently that they feel like white women are one of the largest detriments to people of color. Do you, would you agree? No. I can sort of see where that, I think that comes from a place of danger, so to speak. Oh, okay. Because historically speaking, uh, you know, white women were, you know, in essence, forbidden fruit. Okay, sure. And... And human nature, if somebody tells you not to do something, that kind of goes at the top of the list of things you want to do just because you were told not to. Sure. May not have even been something you wanted to do, yeah. but like, who are you to tell me not to do something? Mm-hmm. This is, you know what I mean? And so, I mean, you, you can trace that back to, you know, the story of Emmett Till. You know, it's like, look at the, you know, the situation and the outcome of that, you know, because of basically the actions of a white woman. Right, exactly. Who, who, you know, flat out lied for, for whatever reason, you know, we'll never know why she decided to lie, but she lied and said that this, you know, this young black boy whistled at her or looked at her or, you know, and mm-hmm. he was 
beaten and tortured to death. Yeah. So I think, I think that's probably where that comes from is that there's a sense of danger involved that you're putting, you know, and when I say you, I mean me, us, we're putting ourselves in a potential for danger because of, because of that, because there are going to be people that do not like it and may take action because of it. Mm. Gotcha. So, um, what would you suggest in this current climate of where we're at or what, what are some things that you think about often, uh, in terms of allyship or moving forward? What are some things you mull over often? Just people knowing right from wrong. Like, I mean, and it's really that simple. Um, I was just, what was it? Have you seen the situation in New Jersey? I think it was where this, this guy was, this guy was just arrested. I think it happened over the weekend, but he had went to these, you know, these people's houses and it was, you know, it was an interracial couple that lived there. I do believe, but he was in this black man's face yelling and screaming and cussing. And he called him, you know, all kinds of monkeys and N words mm-hmm. and, you know, this and that and threatening him. And it was just this whole ordeal. And at one point, and obviously it's 2021. So somebody caught this all on camera and it went viral and this, and at one point in the video, like the cops were called, but they didn't really do anything to him because he technically hadn't broken the law. He was just being an asshole, Mm -hmm. which sadly isn't against the law, but he had told the guy, like he gave out his address and he's like, my address is such and such. And come see me. That was on TikTok. That was on. Yes. And so he told, he's like, come see me at such and such address. And hundreds of people showed up and protested. And so me and Brittany were kind of watching this and reading about it and seeing that, Apparently, this has been happening for years and years at this apartment complex, and nothing's been done about it mm. until the viral video, and now he's been arrested, and this and that. And it's like, I think that, you know, we need to start applying the same pressure, you know, the same pressure that we applied to this guy mm. for his actions and his racism. We need to start applying that same pressure to the people that didn't do anything about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I do believe that's part of where the conversation is starting to shift to. It's like one thing that I've learned is that, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but what I feel like, just a really quick correlation to like when women had to kind of nudge their way into the workplace when after World War II and they were trying to push us back out, is that we didn't have a choice but to be as listless and, you know, corporate whatever whatever to get to be accepted before we can come in and go by the way I'm actually going to slip the switch and I'm going to be nurturing and caring because that's my that's my role and so that's what we had to do to make it happen and I feel like minorities and people of color are in the same position they're like we're so sick and tired of telling you and asking you and educating you we've been doing it for so long and it's falling on deaf ears and you're calling us liars and you're trying to change what our experiences were 
that I have to be loud and I have to elbow a little bit. I'm not trying to do what you think I'm trying to do, but I need you to hear me. And then on the flip side of that, I'm hearing a lot of, and I'm tired of educating you. So now it is your turn to go out and figure it out. And then you need to do your spot, your, your responsible part and educate your white people over it as well. Would you like you see some correlation to that with uh, like people showing up now, people doing something that it matters? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, if you see somebody, you know, there's you know the old saying, "It takes a village to raise a child." Right. You know, if we look at society as the child, it's going to take the entire village to raise it. Yeah. You know what I mean, like. If you see my if you see my kids out doing something they're not supposed to do, fucking stop them. Like, don't just let them do it and then go home and be like, man, I seen the Maya kids out wild and they was acting like they ain't had no home training. He know he taught them better than that. Yeah, well, why don't you do something about it? Obviously, I wasn't there. Yeah, you know, like yeah, or at least tell me about it. Don't just gossip amongst yourselves and talk about how bad it was yeah. do something which is crazy because i mean even with children you know it's it's still a little bit different because children are children and they can come from the best household but as soon as they're away from their parents can be completely different children and what we're talking about here is adults who should know better and the fact that they don't like when you said that like, you wish that people would just know more of good what's good and what's bad or what's wrong what's right and there's obviously varying degrees of this but there is obviously very d- easy distinctions of how you would treat another human being or how you would want to treat another human being. That's just, I don't understand why that's such a large disconnect still. It's, it's another life. Yeah, it is. It, you know, it's very, it's because, like I said, it's that uncomfortable part that people don't want to discuss. Yeah. If you can pretend it doesn't exist, you don't have to fix it. Yeah. You know. It's, you know, it's one of my favorite phrases that I've heard over the last few years with, you know, everything that's been going on, you know, especially, especially in situations involving the police. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be this way is racism's not new. It's the cameras that are new. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this, this stuff has been going on. It's been happening. We've been trying to tell you about it, but now you're seeing it for yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? If, you know, the um, Ahmad Aubrey situation in Georgia last year, you know, where these guys, you know, ran down this black man jogging through the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. What people don't talk about enough is the police had that video that day and did nothing about it for months until the video became public. What and, and why? Like, what is it protection of white people? I just don't I don't get that. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, protection, it's sort of that because all these you know, somehow all the people in that situation were connected somehow. Oh. I think one of them used to work for the other one and used to work in the DA's office and he was quote unquote a somebody and it's like and we'll just sweep this under the rug and pretend it didn't happen. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, and, or the other, there was another situation in one of the Carolinas where a cop shot a guy in the back that was running away. But he wrote in his police report that the guy was charging at him and, you know, this and that. And 
that turned out to be video. And it's like, if the video hadn't come out, that report would have just, it would have just been the report. Right. You know, the, the dead guy can't say any different. And it, the cops wear it against nobody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's those sorts of things that are happening on varying, varying scales all across the country every day. Yeah. And nobody's doing anything about it until they have to. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. They, they're forced into that uncomfortable zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have to switch those sort of things. Those kind of things have to stop becoming a have to, and they have to start becoming a want to. You know, it's not ironic, like I said. <laughs> um, I mean, because what you're talking, I mean, that's that's, per- that's the definition of personal growth is choosing the uncomfortable to get to the good. And that's what it is, is that people, it's that whole, you can't change the world, so you have to change yourself to change the world. And that's what sucks is because then you really have to be accountable for your own traumas and actions instead of thinking that if everybody else fixed their shit, then your world would be at peace. And it's one step at a time, I yeah. suppose. This is definitely going to have to, we're, we're going to have to do a third podcast because <laughs> obviously, oh, I mean, yeah, I would say you can't really sum up race in two podcasts for damn sure, but... Um, but you know, I, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for these opportunities and I hope that I do justice to anybody who comes in my path to, oh, and I will say, by the way, just for my listeners, because I, one of the things I do try to find is like, where, where are some other white allies that are trying to like say what, what happened and what works for them or whatever. And I had this brilliant example from this. It was like, if something, somebody says something that's uncomfortable to you and it's always been like your purview to kind of go, <laughs> cause you were too scared or nervous to say anything. She gave this really great statement that was like, oh, whoa, whoa, I'm sorry if I ever maybe misled you or there's some miscommunication where you thought that I would think that that joke was appropriate, but I'm not okay with that. And that was like powerful for me because I think that's part of it is that we, most of us don't have the conversation for conflict in a diffusing, diffusing manner. So we're too scared to, to act. And so, dude, all y'all, I learned that from TikTok. So people can go out and educate themselves very easily. But again, it's that will and desire to see yourself as the other person um, and going through that, the painful change as necessary to get to the lesson learned. So tell them again where they can find you, friend. Uh, drinks with Dub everywhere. Um, podcasts are available, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. I hope to be back up and running in the next month or so. There's a beer festival uh, that we're going to try to go to and make a show out of it. So ah. hopefully by the end of this month, We'll be up and running with some new episodes, having a lot of fun. So. That's awesome. That's incredibly Thanks. exciting. So I look forward to scheduling our next one so we can see how that one goes. <laughs> Drunk, drunken. That's how it's going to go. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. I, yeah. I swear that when I'm in a state that it's legal, I would love to do a podcast stone, but I just... Not it's not not gonna be okay for me to upload that in Nebraska. I don't think so. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right, dear friend. Well, um, thank you so much for your time. Um, I am so grateful that I have you. I know I said that, but it's it bears repeating and necessary. So, um, thank you for your time. Is there anything you want to wrap us up with as we're rolling out? Uh, no, thank you for thank you for having me. Even though I invited myself, it's always appreciated. And you are going to have to come and be on our podcast at some point. We'll make it happen. I would love to. And I would be honored. We'll do it. We'll make it happen. Like I said, got some new equipment I'm working on. New setup should be easy to do. And 
Perfect. Look forward to it. Well, I'm glad you invited yourself, but again, you really didn't because you were on my list as a, a, pre <laughs> a previous guest anyway, so it worked out. But yes, thank you all so much for tuning in. Please, 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 if you got some value from this today, make sure that you're screenshotting it. Make sure you're tagging me so I can tag Namaya in as well. Go find him. Go follow him. Uh, let him allow for you to witness some of his experience to make you a better person as well. Not make you. Allow for you to get into the better personship that you want to be anyway. So we want you to stay happy. We want you to stay happy. <laughs> I can't even say my own outro. Say, stay happy. Stay healthy and wash your hands. That's what it was. Okay, goodbye. <laughs>